my transformation to old man is almost complete because it's just turning seven o'clock and your boy's ready for bed. But not before I give you these picks and I give you these winners. Week 15, let's go. What's happening, everybody? Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, fueled normally by my good friends and sponsors at Nerd Teas. But again, since it is 7 o'clock in the evening, I'm going to defer tonight's cup of tea to an extra cup of tea tomorrow morning. Welcome to week 15 of my weekly NFL football pick show for the 2020 NFL football season as well as postseason. Kind of a middling week in week 14, really a across the board. The results were not exactly sparkling, and you know, they were also far from in the toilet, but we certainly want to have better weeks than we just had in week 14. Only went even money straight up picking the games, only went 8 and 8, and that leaves me 130, 77, and 1 picking the games straight up this year, 62.5%. Just a little bit underwater, both against the spread and on the over-under. Against the spread, 7 and 9 last week, 96 up, 108 down, and 4, which is a big disappointment after going back-to-back weeks uh, above water, above 500 for the first time in quite some time this season. And then over-under, again, 7, 8, and 1 has me uh, 80. 115 and 4 on the totals and also disappointing after staying above 500 on the totals last week obviously you can tell by the record just how much I've struggled with those this year Platinum, gold, silver, and bronze pick last week. I completely whiffed on my bronze pick with the Philadelphia Eagles putting the Jalen Hurts on the New Orleans Saints 24-21. to Obviously lost it straight up. The Saints didn't cover the minus 7. And the game just crawled. I got half-pointed on the total. I said stay under 44.5, and they got to 45. Other than that, went 3-1 and one straight up. I did get the Rams minus 6 against the spread in the gold pick. Actually, I swept the gold pick with the Rams beating the Patriots, clobbering them, in fact, 24-3 on Thursday night. Taking a peek at both the Bridgewater's Finest and Anti and Co. straight up pick em pools, I guess for the first time in two weeks, because I didn't do this on last week's show, I've dropped down to 17th place out of 38 in that pool. Obviously not where I want to be. 1,133 out of 1,639 possible confidence points. That's only a clip of 69.1%. It's below that 70, which is what we shoot for around here. Only brought in 81 of 136 points last week. So, I mean, I averaged 10 points per correct pick, but, you know, again, you want to do better than that in general on a week-to-week basis. That's only 59.6%. But shout out to our week 14 winner, Teddy Ted, whose name I've called many times on this show. 114 of 136 confidence points. That's 83.8%. I do also have to shout out DeGenius because they also got 114 of 136 points, but they were only 12 and 4 last week where Teddy Ted 
Ted was 13 and 3, so we got to give the edge to Teddy Ted. We also have a new overall leader in the Bridgewater's finest pool. That is more than a Thielen, 1188 out of 1639 possible confidence points, a 72.5% clip, and it's good enough to lead the way in this pool. I will still say, look, first to 17th, so like half the pool basically, only separated by what's that, 55 points? So that's still like one really, really good week versus one bad week from a leader. And all of a sudden, this whole thing could still be turned on its head with just three weeks to go in the regular season. A reminder to everybody in that pool, our pool continues through the playoffs. In the anti and co-pick'em pool, I'm also in 17th place, this time as a tie for 17th out of 33. Only brought in 8 of the 16 games, obviously correct last week, 50%. You'll want to be better than that. Shout out to the week 14 winner, Hatbox's pick set. It's his pool, might as well give him a win every now and then. Went 13-3 and three last week, heck of a week picking the games for Hatbox, and that is 81.3% on the week. West Coast Martin retains his absolute dominance picking the games this season. 141 straight up correct picks. Now with a five game lead in this pool, Martin might be able to moonwalk to a championship to a pool win in the Ante and Co pool. Taking a peek now into Fantasy Corner, which of course, once again, is brought to you by the Dynasty Trade Calculator at DynastyTradeCalculator.com. Down in the description to this video, you will find my referral link to the Dynasty Trade Calculator. As far as I'm concerned, your number one resource online in terms of Dynasty and Keeper Fantasy Football, rankings, trade help, player profiles, podcasts, ranking lists, and it doesn't matter what the format or the layout of your league is, the Dynasty Trade Calculator has you covered. Again, easily the best resource online as far as I'm concerned for all of these things. Plans beginning as low as just $3 to get access to the Dynasty Trade Calculator. And folks, you know, if I put my name behind it, you know it. I use it and you know it works well for me. This is the reason, the Dynasty Trade Calculator, that I crushed my startup draft a couple of years ago, won the championship in the Professionals Dynasty League, and I'm pushing in that direction yet again in that league, picking up the win in my playoff quarterfinal against Beetle Bailey. I now move on to a semifinal matchup against Turndown for Watt, another projected win as far as the projections go I should be heading to the championship round in week 16 of course we'll see what happens plenty of work still to do but I'm projected to go to the final in the progs league I did win my consolation matchup this week against half moon's picks so I continue on in the consolation pool I got a matchup with Billy B this week it's a projected loss for me by a couple of points but hey if Lamar Jackson plays another game like he played last week Absolutely anything can happen. I did go 4-2 and two across all of my fantasy football leagues last week, and I just fell short of the playoffs in two of those leagues, finishing 5th. I am going to the playoffs in two of my six leagues overall this year. 
I will take this opportunity, as I always do, to remind you that if you go to the description of the video file on YouTube or the audio file on SoundCloud, iTunes, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, you can find all of my results from last week, all of my straight up against the spread and over under plays for week 15 in the NFL, information on joining both the Bridgewater's Finest and Anti and Co. Pick'em Pools for 2020, win a week, get yourself shouted out on this show. You can find information on joining the NFL YouTube Prognosticators Facebook page, and you can find information on my great friends and sponsors at Nerd Tees. It might be too late for Christmas, but ladies and gentlemen, we have a long, cold winter ahead. No better way to keep yourself warm than with one of the dozens and dozens of incredible blends that you can find on nerdtees.ca, as well as every little teaware need that you could possibly have. Nerdtees.ca, hit my promo code BWFINEST. You are going to save 15% at checkout. You're also going to get free shipping on any order in Canada that's over $100. You also get an excellent conversion rate right now on the US dollar. Tonight's blend is nothing because like I said, it's seven o'clock and I'm not going to have a cup of tea because I have aspirations of sleeping tonight. However, tomorrow morning, oh, delicious. And you can't go wrong with any of the blends that I have in my home or any of the blends you can find on nerdtees.ca. Hit the promo code BWFINEST, save the money, get the free shipping, find yourself something to love, or find someone you love something to love. You can do it on nerdtees.ca. With the regular season winding down, every team now trying to turn its eyes towards the playoffs. And when you look at the wild card scenario in both conferences, the NFC teams that are a little bit behind the eight ball right now have to feel at least like their chances might be extended for an extra week or two over their counterparts in the AFC. The AFC wildcard right now, it's two nine-win teams and an eight-win team. So if you don't have like seven wins by this point in the season, it's going to be awfully tough for you to compete already finding yourself like two games back with like three weeks to go. In the NFC, it's a little bit looser. The wildcard teams are nine, eight, and seven wins. So it's still a little bit more wide open in terms of the teams still in it, quote unquote, in the NFC. With all of these things in mind, let's get to our games in week 15. And we're going to start with the Thursday night game in Vegas, Raiders playing host to the LA Chargers. The Chargers are one of a myriad of teams that I'll probably talk about this week in terms of teams that are just playing for pride at this point like they're not good enough to be in the playoff picture they're not playing well enough to be there they're playing too well to be in the battle for the first overall pick or even like a high draft pick they're a four and nine team so basically they're just kind of playing for pride at this point maybe trying to get a couple of wins. They did pick up the win last week. Obviously, this will be a game with a little more juice because this is a division game with the Raiders. Raiders at 7-6, and six, they're one of those teams that they're going to be a little more hard-pressed in the AFC, a more difficult playoff picture in the AFC to try to crack. They didn't do themselves any favors by losing last week. 
Raiders enter this game with a number of injury concerns, and they're mostly on the defensive side. The one that really sticks out, defensive end, Claylin Farrell. Uh, he's a defensive interior, I guess I should say. He had a shoulder injury. He did not practice today, did not return to the game last week. His status is uncertain, but it seems doubtful, and he is one of multiple defensive starters and key defensive players that did not practice for the Raiders today. So it may not just be Farrell. They may be missing multiple pieces on the defensive side and when you look at defensive teams over the last month the team that has given up the most points in the NFL over the last month is drumroll please the Raiders they've given up an average an average of 38 points a game over their last four games and the offense isn't really keeping up now look, the Chargers, they're certainly doing themselves no favors either. Even though they did pick up the win last week, 20-17, I did say that they were going to win, and they came up with the win. But I mean, they're, you know, two weeks removed from being shut out 45 nothing by a middling New England Patriots team, right? Now, the Patriots, granted, are playing at least a little bit better lately, but still, the Chargers are one of the worst teams in football right now, but I, I can't trust that Raiders defense, especially if it's not 100% healthy. I understand that the Raiders can score themselves out of trouble and against the Chargers they shouldn't have any trouble moving the ball but they can't stop anybody they can stop absolutely nobody right now I like the upset in this game I'm actually going to take the LA Chargers on the road in Vegas I like the Chargers to beat the Raiders now, on the line, the Raiders are three-and-a-half-point favorites right now, so obviously I like the Chargers to win outright, so I'm going to take those three-and-a-half points. As far as I'm concerned, where it's a division game, anything can happen, this isn't the worst spot in the world to hedge. You get that extra half point, I think plus three-and-a-half, one way or the other, probably the smart play here. Total in the game set at 53 points. I originally only had this capped in the high 40s, which would have been an under, but the Raiders have hit 9 of 12 overs this year. Sorry, 9 of 13 overs this year. Not a ton of money to be made betting the under in Raiders games. So let's go ahead and take the over on that one, even though it is in the 50s. Over 53 points in Chargers Raiders. Let's go Chargers 33, Raiders 24. It's not like the Chargers don't have the offensive pieces to get it done. Let's go to Denver now. Broncos playing host to the Buffalo Bills, and the Broncos are basically in the same position as the LA Chargers. Not good enough for the playoffs. Too good to be in the conversation for a very high draft pick. So basically, a team that's playing for pride and maybe playing to not finish dead last in their own division. So if they look at the Chargers and the Chargers win on Thursday night, maybe a little extra momentum, a little extra juice for the Broncos to try and win their game as well. Unfortunately, they're going to have to do that against a Buffalo Bills team that is on fire right now. Three wins in a row, four wins in their last five. They have dominated their own division. They have essentially dominated the rest of the AFC at 7-2 and two so far this year against AFC opponents. The Bills have been an excellent home team. They're on the road here, but they've been a pretty good road team too. They've won two of every three road games at four and two on the year. I mean, look, the Bills, I think if they win this, this is the division for them. They're two games up on Miami right now. Another win, that locks it up for the Bills. They have everything in this world to play for right now. And they're playing against a Broncos team that really does not protect the ball very well. Even though, look, the Broncos... 
They played solid in that game last week. They picked up a big win while missing, you know, one of their bigger offensive pieces in Noah Fant. Big win for them. They should feel good about that. I just don't think it happens two weeks in a row. They're playing a much better team this week. So let's go ahead and grab the Buffalo Bills on the road in Denver. Buffalo beats the Broncos. On the line, Buffalo, six and a half point road favorite in this one. We're going to be going against the fact that Buffalo's only one and three against the spread this year as a road favorite. This line is justified here. Buffalo's going to cover this. I have a really good feeling. So let's lay the six and a half points on the road bills. Total in the game set at 50 points. I only capped this like in the low 40s. I don't think we're going to see a lot from Denver's offense. They haven't shown me a ton lately other than last week. And look, Buffalo's offense playing very well. The defense playing fairly well lately, especially the last three weeks. They've only given up 15, 24, and 17 points respectively. So I think this game stays under. We're going to go ahead and stay under 50 points in Buffalo, Denver. Let's go Bills 28, Broncos 14. Let's go to Atlanta now for our second division game in three. This is the Atlanta Falcons playing host to the Tampa Bay Bucks. One team with everything still to play for, one team that does not. The Falcons, I believe, have officially been eliminated from playoff contention, even though it is the NFC. So they're at four and nine. The Bucks are at uh, eight and five. Bucks won last week. Falcons have lost two straight. And all the goodwill that the Falcons, I feel, had engendered based on how their defense has been playing over the last month. The offense has basically given it all back. The offense has almost disappeared. This is a very good offensive team, but if it's not coming from Calvin Ridley, there's not a lot coming out of this Falcons offense. The Bucs are just, just across the board a better football team. They're better offensively. They're better defensively. They're better at home. They're better on the road. They're a better division team. They're better against NFC opponents. They actually won last week. They have about the, they have the same record over the last five. That's about the only way that I can equally compare these two teams, at least overall on the season. Not a whole lot else to say here. The Bucs are the better football team. The Bucs need to win this game. Atlanta doesn't. Maybe there's a spoiler situation there that Atlanta can can take some pride in and trying to play spoiler to a division rival, but I, I think Tampa Bay wins this thing fairly handily. So let's take the Bucks on the road in Atlanta. Third straight road team, I just noticed. Bucks beat the Falcons. On the line, Bucks are favored by six points on the road in Atlanta. We're going to lean on the fact that the Falcons are only two and five against the spread at home this year. This is Atlanta's last home game of the year. So they're only two and five. I'm going to lay the six points on the Bucks here. Feel pretty good about Tampa winning this thing by at least a touchdown. So we're going to lay the minus six. Total in the game set at 50 and a half points. I capped this around to mid 40, which is. You know, it's under, but it's close. But we're going to lean on the fact also that the Falcons, as underdogs, have only hit two overs in eight games this year. So we're going to stay under on this number. The Falcons' defense is still good. I, we're just not getting a ton from their offense right now. We're going to stay under 50.5 points in Tampa Bay, Atlanta. Let's go Bucks 27, Falcons 20. Let's go to Dallas now for what I'm lovingly dubbing the Weight of Expectations Bowl. The Dallas Cowboys playing host to the San Francisco 49ers. May I remind you, the Niners were in the Super Bowl last year. Might I remind you, the Dallas Cowboys 
expected at the very least to win this division probably moonwalk to winning this division this year then Dak Prescott gets hurt then the offensive line uh, explodes basically and now all of a sudden the Dallas is struggling to stay competitive with almost everybody both of these teams in equal three and six against NFC opponents this year. San Francisco's only five and eight. Dallas only at four and nine. Both currently sitting in the basement of their respective divisions. But hey, Dallas did win last week. Now, if I were forced to choose one of these teams in terms of how they've been playing lately, I guess I'd have to go with the Dallas Cowboys, although it's not by a lot. Both of these defenses are, you know, there's some warning signs around the defense in terms of the amount of points that they're giving up, obviously. The Niners' offense has just absolutely cratered. They've got 20 points in a couple of games over the last month, but they're sandwiched in the middle of 13-point and 15-point performances. You really can't trust that Niners' offense very much right now, and Dallas, at the very least, mostly when they do score points, they're usually putting up 30. Niners also dealing with a couple of fairly significant injuries. Stop me if you've heard that before this year. Wide receiver Debo Samuel injuring his hamstring again, likely done for the regular season per coach Kyle Shanahan. And then also linebacker Fred Warner, the absolute heart and soul of that linebacker core on the defense. He suffered a head injury last week. He came back to the game only to suffer a stinger and not come back. His status is uncertain for this game. So with everything that I've said, you think I'd be leaning pretty heavily towards the Dallas Cowboys. I'm not. I'm taking the San Francisco 49ers in this game. Then the reason that I am doing so is that the Niners are 4 and 2 on the road this year. Four of their five wins have come away from their own building. And it's not that Dallas is really doing anything to justify them like being being one of the teams that the Niners are going to lose to on the road. I'm just leaning on the fact that the Niners have played so much better away from their own building this year than they have in their own building. I'm going to take the Niners. San Francisco goes into Dallas and beats the Cowboys. On the line, Dallas are three-point dogs at home. I like the Niners to win. It's a relatively small price to pay. Dallas only one and five against the spread at home this year. Now, we're leaning against the fact that as favorites, the Niners are only 2-5 and five against the spread, but 2-5 and five is better than 1-5. and five. So we're going to lay those three points on San Francisco. Total in the game set at 45 points. I have this game barely getting out of the 20s. This is not going to be a good football game. This would be the one to skip this week for sure. So we're going to stay under 45 points because God knows what we're going to get from either one of these offenses this week. Let's go under 45 points in San Francisco, Dallas. We're going to go Niners 18, Cowboys 12. I want to see the ultimate trash fire. I want to see a game with no touchdowns. Show me that. Take that, all the so-called fantasy football experts that say kickers don't matter anymore. We're going to go to Tennessee now, where two weeks after, sorry, I guess one week after absolutely swearing off putting the Titans ever in my top four picks again, they are in another position where they should absolutely fustigate an opponent, the Tennessee Titans at home taking on the Detroit Lions and a Detroit Lions team that will likely be without their starting quarterback. And once again, this should go to show you exactly how dedicated I am to never putting the Titans in my top four picks ever again.
Titans tripled up the Jags last week, 31 to 10. Obviously, this is a team that has playoff aspirations, has division title aspirations. They got back on the happy side of things last week to tie for the AFC South lead with the Colts at 9-4. and four. Meanwhile, the Lions have only won two of their last five games on the losing end of things last week. Again, they're one of those teams that they're not good enough to see the playoffs, but they're not bad enough to be in that conversation for the first overall pick or a very high draft pick at 5-8 and eight in the basement now of the NFC North. And like I mentioned, good chance they'll be going into this game without the services of Matthew Stafford. He injured his ribs late in that game last week against the Packers. The team is reportedly not optimistic he will play, although they're going to be leaving the door open there. That would leave things to, I guess, Chase Daniel or David Blau, I guess, depending on which way they wanted to go for the start, probably Daniels. I mean, he's the one that came in at the tail end of that Packers game last week. Um, but look, Matthew Stafford might be the toughest quarterback in the league. So I feel like, I almost feel like he has to be like in traction to not play a game. So I'll believe he's not going to play when I see it. But the team doesn't appear to be overly optimistic that that is going to happen. Obviously, not having the services of Matt Stafford is a significant, significant injury and significant downturn for the entire Lions offense. The Titans are a very good offensive football team. They should be able to run the ball right down the Lions' throat at will. They protect the ball very well. They don't turn the ball over overly often. Obviously, we're going to take Tennessee here. Titans with another big win. Titans beat Detroit. On the line, Tennessee laying 10.5 points as home favorites against the Lions. And you know what? It's completely justified. I don't see a path here where the Titans don't put up at least 30 on Detroit, especially when you consider, like, look, secondary quarterback. You're probably going to get a turnover or two that you wouldn't generally get if you were playing Matt Stafford. couple more offensive possessions. Tennessee should be able to cover this number with ease. We're going to lay the 10.5 points. Total in the game set at 51.5 I genuinely think there's a good chance that Tennessee, not that they're going to hit the over on their own, but I mean, Tennessee's number could very easily begin with a four, and it really wouldn't shock me in this one. I capped this at a high 50. The Titans at home are 5-1-1 and to the over this year. We're going to go over 51.5 points in Tennessee-Detroit. Let's go Titans 41, Lions 18. Let's go to Miami now. Battle of the AFC East. Miami Dolphins playing host to the New England Patriots. Now the Patriots, of course, have the benefit of the long week, having played on Thursday night. That, you know, pretty bad loss, honestly, to the Los Angeles Rams, who we'll talk about later. This is going to be New England's third consecutive road game. Back-to-back-to-back roadies for them in Miami Dolphins at 8-5, and five, but they're just 3-2 and two in their last five. Losers last week, obviously the Patriots, losers last week as well. But they have an identical record to Miami over the last five games. It's 3-2. and two. They just, you know, they're two games behind Miami, which means they're four games behind Buffalo. So it's just been, in general, a pretty tough season if you're a Patriots fan, which, I mean, look, one or two tough seasons in the last two decades, I'm sure you'll probably get over it. 
Look, the news is not all bad for the Patriots. Yes, it's your third straight road game. However, you do have the extra rest from having played last Thursday night. Yes, you are playing against a team that is among the league leaders in terms of the turnover differential. However, you are also playing a team that is absolutely crippled on the offensive side in terms of injuries. And how crippled might you say? They are missing at least their top three or four receiving targets. Devontae Parker injured his hamstring last week. His status is uncertain, seems closer to not playing than playing. Jakeem Grant also injured his hamstring last week. Miles Gaskin, I think, is on the COVID list now. Mike Gesicki, I believe, injured his shoulder. Preston Williams is on injured reserve. Who is Miami going to throw the ball to? They don't really have any of their explosive receiving options and they don't have their top running back. As far as I'm concerned, this offense is absolutely crippled right now. And I think the results over the last four weeks sort of showing that this problem was starting to perk up. Yes, they put up 27 points last week. They did still lose. They did cover against the spread, which was great, but they scored the 27 points, but they're only averaging 20 a game over the last month. Their defense has masked a lot of those problems, but last week the defense couldn't mask it because they gave up 33. That's a problem, and I think it's a problem against the New England Patriots team that, say what you will, the offense isn't the greatest, but the defense is definitely turning things around, and the defense is starting to play that championship-caliber defense that you're used to seeing from the Patriots this time of year. I think everybody knows what I smell right now. I smell an upset in this one. I'm going to take the New England Patriots on the road in Miami to beat the Dolphins. And isn't it just kind of poetic that, you know, you think about the Patriots and all those incredible seasons that the Patriots had. One of their Achilles heels was the game late in the season when they'd go to Miami. It happened to them a couple of times where they'd lose these games on like the last play or late in the fourth quarter. They'd lose games they were so heavily favored to win. Now, obviously, they're not the favorites here, but this is their late season opportunity this year to turn around and give one back to the Dolphins. And I think that's exactly what they do this week. Patriots upset Miami. Now on the line, Miami's a two and a half point favorite at home. Obviously, like the Patriots to win, so I'll take the two and a half points. I just think Miami's offensive injuries are just going to be too much to overcome here. Total in the game set at 41 and a half points. As far as I'm concerned, this is pretty darn close to a perfect total from when I originally capped it. But I'm going to lean on the fact that as favorites, the Dolphins have only hit one over in five games this year. As underdogs, the Patriots have only hit two overs in seven games this year. We're going to stay under on this very small number under 41 and a half points in New England, Miami. Let's go Patriots 21, Dolphins 17. Let's go to Minnesota now for an all NFC North matchup. The Vikings playing host to the Chicago Bears. Of course, as a result of the games last week, the NFC North is now spoken for as a division. My Green Bay Packers have clinched the NFC North and have kind of given themselves the inside track to the number one seed in the NFC, but we'll talk about that later when we talk about the Packers game. The Vikings and the Bears, two teams going a little bit in opposite directions. They're both at 6-7. and seven. Vikings lost last week. Chicago came up with the win. That's Chicago's first win 
it feels like in ages, and I believe it's in at least, what, six or seven games? Classic matchup here, the Vikings, the superior offensive team, Bears, the superior defensive team. Now you look at the Bears in the last couple of weeks, they got into a couple of shootouts there before their big win this past week. The Bears now scoring 26 points a game over the last month, they're giving up 25. But you go down, you look at the Vikings, the offense has tailed off a little bit and the defense really has not been able to keep up with the fact that the offense is kind of curtailed. Only 14 points in their game last week, only averaging 24 a game over the last month. The defense still giving up 27 points a game. I think I got a lean on the team that's got the better results lately, and that's the Chicago Bears. They're Again, they're scoring certainly better than this team in front of them that is supposed to be, quote-unquote, a better offensive team than they are. I'm going to take the Bears here. Back-to-back wins for Chicago. Let's take the Bears on the road in Minnesota. Bears beat the Vikings. On the line, Minnesota's a three-point favorite at home. Makes perfect sense. I like Chicago to win outright. I'm going to take those three points. I'm also leaning on the fact here that the Vikings at home are only two and five against the spread this year, and as home favorites are only one and five. So the Vikings just not getting the results that they need in their own building. Let's take the Bears, and I'll take them to win outright. Total in the game set at 47 points. Originally, I capped this around and under, but what the Vikings have been doing this year is hitting overs at home. If Minnesota is at home, the over is 6-1 this year. If Minnesota is a favorite, which they are in this game, the over is 5-2 in those games. So we're going to lean over on this kind of high side middling number, over 47 points in Chicago, Minnesota. Let's go Bears 26, Vikings 23. Let's go to Washington now where the football team is going to play host to the Seattle Seahawks. Both of these teams entering this game with injury concerns. Seattle, by virtue of their win last week, keeping pace with the LA Rams in terms of the lead in the NFC West. Both of those teams at 9-4. and four. Rams are on fire lately with four wins in their last five. Seahawks have won three of their last five. So they're, again, they're sticking right there. This is still anybody's game for that division. Speaking of anybody's game, the Washington football team has reeled off four consecutive wins, now sitting at six and seven, and now sitting in first place in that NFC East. Is it entirely possible that an NFC East team wins the division at 500 or better? That's something that we would have thought would have been absolutely inconceivable earlier this year. Like I mentioned, both of these teams entering the game a little bit beat up. It's on the offensive side in both cases. For Washington, quarterback Alex Smith injuring his leg last week. The team seems optimistic that he will play, but he could be limited in that game. If it's not him, you're going to be leaning on Dwayne Haskins at quarterback and uh, Pete Carroll, or not Pete Carroll, um, Ron Rivera did make a point of saying like, oh, well, Haskins will be ready if he has to play. I don't think he would have said that if it wasn't at least in the back of his mind that it was a realistic possibility that he may have to play. On Seattle's side, it's on the offensive line and it's right tackle Brandon Shell. 
he injured his ankle and sort of the same deal. The team seems hopeful that he's going to play, but he's likely going to be limited. And any limitation on that Seattle offensive line means that Russell Wilson's going to be running for his life because that is the strength of the Washington football team is it's the defensive front, the pursuit, the blitz. They're a very blitz happy team and their front is is absolutely formidable. As far as I'm concerned, they got one of the best defensive fronts in football. This could low-key wind up being one of the games of the week, especially in terms of defensive performances. And I think, obviously, the game, as in saying that, I do think the game is going to stay under its point total, jumping ahead. It's 44.5 points. I've only got this in the mid-30s, so I'm staying under on that one. But I think this could low-key even be one of the overall best games of the week. I'm going to take Seattle because I just genuinely feel Seattle is the better football team. Obviously, way more potency on the offensive side. Defensively, This, if this is going to be a battle, I'm going to lean on the team that's got more weapons, and that's Seattle. So I like the Seahawks to win in Washington. Give me the Seahawks. But on the line, I'm hedging my bets here. On the line, Washington is a six-point dog at home. I'm going to take those points. It's just too many. As a home underdog, Washington 3-1 and one against the spread. And as a road favorite, Seattle only 1-3 and three against the spread this year. So six points there is just too many. Washington could win this thing outright. So we're going to go ahead and hedge the bets there. And like I said, staying under 44.5 points in Seattle, Washington. Let's take Seattle 20 football team 17 quick break there to refill the water bottle and you will definitely be wanting to use your bathroom break this sunday on the baltimore ravens playing host to the jacksonville jaguars because the jags are garbage i sounded very cocky in saying that but what the hell else do you want me to say about a team that's lost 12 games in a row now, obviously, we saw a very, very different Baltimore Ravens team that just played last night on Monday Night Football. Now, did the Ravens earn that win or did the Browns give them that win by their own rampant stupidity and bad play calling and, and Baker Mayfield somehow not being able to identify in his third year that a six foot three, 240 pound blitzing linebacker had dropped out of his blitz and dropped into coverage? Somehow he just plain didn't see that guy. It made absolutely absolutely no sense to me whatsoever and yes I am salty because I finally bet on the friggin Cleveland Browns and they lost me the game but in any case look the Ravens they got it done they've won back-to-back -back games the Ravens may be taking that opportunity to put their foot down on the pedal when they absolutely have to like this is the time of year where if you're gonna make it especially in the AFC you got to go out there and prove it it might take 11 wins to get into one of the wild card spots or 10 wins you may need double digits if you want to make the playoffs in the AFC the Ravens are only at eight and five they need to get there and this is obviously a game they absolutely cannot afford to lose and they're not going to because it's the Jags and they're not trying to win at the very least, they're not trying to win until the Jets do, and uh, they're not going to win this game. Baltimore's at home, even though they're on the short week, Ravens should cruise here. Let's take Baltimore to beat Jacksonville. Now on the line, the Ravens are laying a full two touchdowns in this game. Now look. I'm all for the Showtime Baltimore Ravens. I'm all for that Ravens offense that we saw last night, piling on points, running the ball very well, Lamar running the ball like a man possessed. I'm all for that. We haven't seen that very much this year. This Ravens team this year is not the Ravens team of last year. So to give them 14 points 
as the favorite, even if it is against Jacksonville. It's gross, but I'm taking those 14 points with the Jags. Not because I think Jacksonville is going to win, and it's no credit to the Jacksonville Jaguars. It is 100% a bet against the Baltimore Ravens team that I've seen all season long in a game where they should not be laying the 14 points. So we're going to grab Jacksonville plus 14. Total in the game set at 46 points. This is pretty well a perfect total. I just don't want to sweat it. So I'm going to go over 46 on this one. I think you'll see a garbage time score or two that might just push this thing over. Let's go over 46 points in Jacksonville, Baltimore. Let's go Ravens 30, Jags 17. So they lose by 13, but not 14. Let's go to Arizona now where the Cardinals are going to play host to a Philadelphia Eagles team that came up with a massive upset last week. The Eagles and Jalen Hurts, now the new quarterback. Jalen Hurts coming up with a win over the New Orleans Saints. A massive victory for the Eagles, especially where the Eagles are desperately clawing to try to win that division, which is not out of reach yet. I mean, let's be real about this situation. The Eagles are probably going to have to run the table if they want to get past Washington and win this division. They're probably going to need to get to 7-8-1, and one, and I don't know if 7-8-1 and one will even do it, but that's going to be the point that they're going to have to try to get to and get a ton of help, obviously. Arizona sitting at 7-6. and six. They're still kind of in the driver's seat in terms of the wild card in the NFC. Like we said, the Cardinals are sitting there with their seven wins in the last wild card spot. Not a lot of room for error, and they've been making a couple more errors than maybe they would be comfortable making, only winning two of their last five games. Both of these teams enter this game with injury concerns defensively for Arizona it's one of their pass rushers defensive end Jordan Phillips he injured his hamstring and he has already been ruled out for week 15 so they will go into this game against a pretty suspect offensive line sometimes down one of their better pursuers and with a quarterback like Jalen Hurts that could loom large in this game On the Eagles side, it's safety Rodney McLeod. He unfortunately tore his ACL last week. Originally, it was just a knee injury, but it's confirmed to be a torn ACL. Rodney McLeod done for the year. That is a massive blow to this Eagles defense. I'm just kind of of the opinion here that lightning probably doesn't strike twice for the Eagles. Now, obviously, look, I don't think the Cardinals are as good a team as the Saints. I don't know that anybody except diehard Cardinals fans would try to make that argument, and I'm not going to try to say that. I just don't think lightning strikes twice for Hurts and the Eagles. I still don't know that Jalen Hurts is the right call at quarterback for the Eagles. The Eagles are still one of the worst teams in football in terms of the turnover differential and protecting the football and we saw shades of that last week so if that happens again I just still can't help but feel that Arizona will take advantage of those mistakes maybe better than the Saints were able to I'm going to take Arizona here at home Arizona beats Philly On the line, uh, Arizona is laying six and a half points as a home favorite, and I'm going to lay those points too. It's a justified line as far as I'm concerned. The Eagles on the road are only one and five against the spread this year, and as road underdogs, they're only one and three. I don't like them covering this number. It's under a touchdown. I'm going to take Arizona laying the six and a half points. 
Total in the game set at 49 and a half. Now, I only capped this thing as a mid to high 30, not pushing into a 40. And as favorites this year, the Cardinals are only two and six to the over. So let's stay under 49 and a half points. Let's see that Cardinals defense shine in this one. Arizona 27, Philadelphia 10. Speaking of the New Orleans Saints, we're going to go to the marquee matchup of week 15 and maybe just maybe a Super Bowl preview, the New Orleans Saints at home taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. Now this is back-to-back -back road games for Kansas City, Kansas City also entering the game with an injury concern. That loss last week, just the Saints' third loss of the year, and I think the first in at least the last, like, what, six, seven, maybe even eight games. Like, the Saints were on a hell of a tear there. They're now at 10-3. and three. Obviously still have the inside track to winning this division. They're definitely making the playoffs. They're still absolutely in the conversation for the number one seed in the NFC. And speaking of number one seed conversations, you have to have the Kansas City Chiefs in that AFC conversation. Winners of eight consecutive games, 12 and one on the season. Now, of course, leapfrogging the Pittsburgh Steelers, who have now lost back-to-back -back games. Kansas City in the driver's seat to be the AFC's number one seed. Chiefs have a perfect record on the road this year at 7-0. They've beaten both of their NFC opponents so far this year. Now you can basically say the same for the New Orleans Saints. A very, very good home team. Only one home loss this year. And uh, they've, uh, they have lost to one of their AFC opponents this year. So, you know, you could maybe say that, you know, the Chiefs, who are favorites in this game... I guess deserve to be that even though the game's in New Orleans. As I mentioned, tail end back-to-back -back roadies for the Chiefs, and they do have an injury concern on the offensive line. They're starting right tackle Mike Remmers. He injured his back last week. His status is uncertain. If he does play, he would certainly be limited. And the Saints have, again, an underrated and undervalued pass rush and defensive front that could loom very large in this football game. Obviously, the Chiefs are known for Patrick Mahomes putting up the big points. Guys like Tyreek Hill, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire as the running back position. Like, they're known for putting up big points. This is a relatively underrated defense in Kansas City, and we know how good this Saints defense is. I think this is going to be a low-scoring affair. I'm going to take the New Orleans Saints here. I like the fact that it's at home. I don't think the Chiefs go unbeaten on the road all year. I think this is a situation where the Saints are going to be able to take advantage of the couple of things that the Chiefs have going against them in this game. I like New Orleans in the home upset here. Let's take the Saints to beat the Chiefs. On the line, like I mentioned, Chiefs are the favorites in this one, laying three points on the road in New Orleans. I like the Saints to win, so we're going to take those three points. Total in the game set at 51.5, and, and like I said, I think this is a more low-scoring affair than people expect. I only have this as a low to mid-40, so we're going to stay under 51.5 points in a big bad way here in Kansas City, New Orleans. Let's go Saints 24, Chiefs 19, and the last game we're going to look at before we get to the Platinum, Gold, Silver, and Bronze picks for Week 15 is the New York Giants at home playing host to the Cleveland Browns. Cleveland, of course, coming in on the short week, having played last night in a losing effort on Monday Night Football. 
And you know, as I was watching that game last night, uh, a revelation came upon me, which I expounded multiple times on the Twitter machine. And that is the Cleveland Browns are pretenders. That's, that's just, that's what it is. The Browns are pretenders. The Browns are a team that have beaten the teams they're supposed to beat this year and cannot and will not step to the biggest games on the biggest level. They just won't. They're not there yet. I saw so many problems with Baker Mayfield. I saw so many problems in the way the Browns coaching staff calls games. I saw, there's so many good things about Cleveland. Jarvis Landry to me is one of the most underrated players in the NFL and has been for a long time. I used to love having Jarvis Landry on my fantasy teams earlier in his career because he was a secret weapon. Nobody cared about Jarvis Landry in fantasy terms. I saw that before most everybody else that I played with. I could always snag him. He was always a secret nuclear weapon. There's things on the Cleveland Browns to like. They don't deploy them the way that they should. And that's why I think the Browns are just one of those like good good teams. They're a good team. They're not a great team. Now in saying that, neither are the New York Giants. The Giants were on the losing end of things last week. However, they have won four of their last five games, like the Washington football team that now currently sits ahead of them in their division standings. The Giants are not a great team. I don't even necessarily know if the Giants are a good team. One thing that the Giants do know how to do is to play as underdogs. They have been so incredible this year. As underdogs, they're an underdog again this week. I kind of thought this number would be closer. I kind of thought this number would go in a different direction after the results of last night. But Cleveland lost the game last night the way they lost it last night. And their number got, you know, they, they got became favored by even more. They were favorites of three and a half. Now they're favorites of four. I think the New York Giants win this football game genuinely think the Giants win this game because I can't trust Cleveland. I saw that, yes, they were able to score points last night almost at will on what is a pretty good defense, a division rival. The game got crazy sloppy, and I get that. But at the end of that crazy sloppy game, Cleveland couldn't shut the door. And I don't think that's going to happen. Or rather, I think that's not going to happen again. I don't think they're going to be able to close the door on this game. I think Cleveland has a lead late. I think they blow it. I think the Giants win this thing in their own building. Let's take New York to upset Cleveland. On the line, like I mentioned, the Giants now four-point dogs at home. But as underdogs, the Giants are 8-3 and three against the spread this year. They know how to play as dogs. They know how to win games as underdogs. They're going to do it again this week as far as I'm concerned. Giants plus four, give it to me. Total in the game set at 45 and a half points. I've got it right around this. I got it right around to mid 40, but the Giants only three and 10 to the over this year and only three and eight to the over as underdogs. I'm going to lean under on this. It's a middling number. It's going to be a bit of a sweat, but I am going to lean on that defense for the Giants to get the job done in this one. Let's take under 45 and a half points in Cleveland, New York. Let's go Giants 23 Browns 21, and yes, last second field goal wins the game for the Giants.
All right, folks, here we go. Platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks for week 15 in the NFL, starting as always with the bronze pick, where I'm 10 and 4 straight up. Now only 9, 18, and 1 on the betting picks in the bronze pick has not gone well this year. But hey, let's go ahead and sweep another Rams game, shall we? The LA Rams, with the benefit of the long week, playing host to a New York Jets squad playing the second half of back to backs. I don't have to tell you why the Rams are a better team than the Jets. But I will tell you this, the LA Rams are the best team in the NFL that no one is talking about. Nobody's talking about the Rams the way they should be talking about the Rams. And they should be talking about the Rams the same way people are talking about the Buffalo Bills right now. The same way they're talking about, let's say, Seattle right now, or Tampa Bay, or Washington. The same conversations should be had, hell, the same conversations should be had about the Rams that are being had about the Chiefs that are being had about the Packers. In fact, better conversations possibly should be being had about the LA Rams. The offense scoring very well. The defense playing incredible lately. And it just, it, again, it showed it, they showed it once again last week. 24-3, a massive win in a primetime game. The Rams are up to that kind of challenge, especially on the defensive side. Rams roll in this football game. It is not going to be in doubt at any point. Rams over the Jets. On the line, the Rams are laying 17 points, and I'm not even scared to lay that. The Jets, as road dogs, they're only 1-5 against the spread this year. Yes, this number is massive and ridiculous, and it's a college football line, and it has no place in the NFL, but I, the Rams are going to cover it because the offense is playing well, the defense is playing great. I don't know if you're going to see much of anything offensively from the Jets in this game. I certainly don't expect a breakout from them. I'm laying the 17 points on the Rams, and I'm not, not thinking twice about it. Total in the game set at 44. Pretty well a perfect total as far as I'm concerned. I had to kind of roll the dice on this one a little bit, but I'm going to lean on the fact that the Rams have not hit an over at home this year, nor have they hit an over as a favorite this year. They are 0-6 to the over at home, 0-9 to the over as favorites. So we're going to stay under 44 points in Los Angeles, New York. Rams straight up, we're hammering the Rams minus 17 against the spread in a game that stays under 44 points. That is your bronze pick. Rams 34, Jets, we'll give them 9. My silver pick, run 13 and 1 straight up, 11, 14, and 3 on the betting picks in the silver pick so far this year. And this sees the Indianapolis Colts at home taking on a Houston squad on the tail end of back-to-back -back road games. Nothing really left for the Houston Texans to play for this year. They're at 4-9. and nine. They can't make any kind of noise in the AFC other than playing spoiler to the two teams in this division that matter, which is the Titans and the Colts. No disrespect intended to Deshaun Watson. Colts are winners of two in a row and four of their last five. I think it's just time for me to get off the Texans bandwagon. I think I've been on it for the last two weeks. Yeah, I picked them to beat Chicago last week. And the week before that, I think I picked them to beat Indianapolis. And it didn't happen. And I think Indianapolis is kind of going to roll in this game, if I'm being perfectly honest. Indy, the offense playing very, very well. 33 points a game for the Colts over the last month. Now, the defense, it's fallen off a bit for... But for the most part this season, their defense has been pretty darn spectacular. And I think they turn the clock back to that a little bit. 
And I think they can get that done against a Texans offense that is okay. It's okay lately. Certainly not great. Indianapolis more than capable of controlling this game. They control the ball exceedingly well. One of the best teams in the league. They do not give up turnovers. They generate turnovers defensively. I think this is a cakewalk game for them. Colts beat the Texans. On the line here, the Colts are only favored by a a single full touchdown and I get it maybe because it's a division game they're keeping the number a little bit closer this feels like it should be a double digit spread to me so I'm more than happy to lay the seven points Houston on the road only two and five against the spread this year and Houston as an underdog only two and six against the spread this year so let's grab the Colts minus the seven points Total in the game set at 51. I capped this at a high 50, maybe pushing a 60. Houston has hit five overs in seven road games so far this year. Let's go ahead and go over 51 points in Houston, Indianapolis. Colts straight up. We're going to hammer the Colts minus seven against the spread. Game goes over 51 points. That is the silver pick. Let's go Colts 40, Texans 20. My gold pick where I'm 10 and 4 straight up, 12 and 16 on the betting picks so far this year, features a matchup of two teams going in exactly opposite directions, or rather two teams on complete opposite ends of the AFC spectrum, the Cincinnati Bengals at home taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, it's important to point out, Steelers are on the tail end of back-to-back road games, and they've dropped two straight after, you know, winning their first 11 games, whatever. But look, Pittsburgh, one of the most highly rated teams in the AFC. Cincinnati, due in no small part to the Joe Burrow injury, one of the lowest rated teams in the AFC. Pittsburgh, in that certainly in that conversation to win the division, maybe even catch the Chiefs and retake that number one overall seed in the AFC. Cincinnati, in that conversation, maybe for a very high draft pick. Pittsburgh, one of the best teams in the league in terms of controlling the football and generating takeaways on defense. Cincinnati, one of the worst teams in the league in terms of controlling the ball and generating turnovers on defense. Neither one of these teams playing incredibly well on the offensive side right now, but where I can look at Pittsburgh's offense and say, well, that's just a bad offense. I look at Cincinnati's offense and Cincinnati's offense is anemic. It's awful. Like, they have single-digit point totals in three of their last four games. This offense can do absolutely nothing, and it's not going to do anything against a pretty darn incredible Steelers defense, even considering they gave up 26 points last week to, who was it, Washington. So Steelers walk in this one. Look, it's if there ever was a get-right game, it's this one. So let's take the Steelers on the road in Cincinnati to beat the Bengals. Now on the line, Pittsburgh is favored by 13 points on the road. This is just too many points for me. Sorry. Like I'm not laying 13 points on the Steelers team I've seen over the last two weeks. Look, they could go out and beat Cincy by 40. It doesn't mean that laying 13 points is the right choice to make on Tuesday evening because it's not. Too many points for a division game. We're going to hedge our bets and take Cincinnati plus the 13 points. Total in the game set at 40 and a half points. It is our lowest total of the week and I'm still staying under on it because I barely have this game getting into the 30s. The Steelers on the road only one over in six games so far this year. We're going to stay under 40 and a half points in Pittsburgh, Cincinnati. 
Steelers straight up, but we're taking the Bengals plus 13 against the spread in a game that stays under 40 and a half points. That is the gold pick. Steelers 21, Bengals 10, and the platinum pick where I'm 10 and 4 straight up, only 4 and, sorry, 8 and 20 on the betting picks so far this year. Absolute tire fire. The Green Bay Packers playing host to the Carolina Panthers. Packers, as we said, have clinched the NFC North for the second straight year. They're 10-3 right now. They've won three straight games. They've won four of their last five, playing very good football right now, and may very well be in the driver's seat to get that number one seed in the NFC. Meanwhile, you look at the Panthers, losers of at least four of their last five, including two straight. They have not been good against other teams in the NFC so far this year, due in no small part to the fact that they're only one and four inside this division. They're not scoring as much as they're being scored on. That defense is a significant problem that the Panthers need to address in the offseason. One thing that I do know is if you have a defense that can't stop the pass, you're not going to stop Aaron Rodgers. And I don't think Carolina can do that. Carolina, I think, has a number of weapons. Weapons that they may even be getting back soon. Hint, hint, Christian McCaffrey. But they're not going to be able to keep up. This is going to be a track meet game. And Usain Bolt is the guy on the other side. Aaron Rodgers is the equivalent of Usain Bolt in this metaphor. Carolina's not keeping up with that. So we're certainly going to be on the Green Bay Packers here, scoring 33 points a game. One of the best offenses in football over the last month to five weeks. So let's just go ahead, take the Packers. They're going to win. Packers beat the Panthers. On the line, the Packers are favored by eight and a half points at home, and this is going to feel like something of an uncomfortable hedge, but I'm actually going to take the Panthers plus the eight and a half, which seems weird considering the conversation we just had. The Panthers as dogs, seven and three against the spread this year. The Panthers as road dogs, five and one against the spread this year. So they've kind of been even money in their own building as underdogs, but five and one as road underdogs. Pretty darn good measure there. Not a lot of money to be made betting on the Panthers as road under, or betting against the Panthers as road underdogs. So look, it's more than a touchdown. I'm going to go ahead and go Carolina plus the eight and a half. Total in the game set at 51 and a half points. I've got this thing in the mid 50s. So I do think this crawls over. Like I said, a bit more of a track meet game. I like the Packers to get into the 30s. We're going to go ahead and go over 51 and a half points in Green Bay, Carolina. Green Bay straight up, but we're hedging our bets here as well and taking Carolina plus eight and a half points in a game that goes over 51 and a half points. That is the platinum pick. Let's go Packers 31, Panthers 23. There you go, folks. The picks are in. That is your week 15 slate of games, and it is time now for the patented comment of the week. So this may be a first in this channel's history. My comment of the week from the week 14 episode goes to me. 
because I was not able in the episode last week to be able to announce who had won the week 13s in the pick'em pools, who was the overall leader at that point, and everything like that. And everybody, if you win a week, you deserve your shout-out. So my comment of the week goes to me, and it was my pinned comment on the week 14 episode. So the comment was... As promised, here are the up-to-date results in both the Bridgewater's Finest Pick'em Pool as well as the Auntie and Co. Pick'em Pool. And once again, these were up-to-date as of the end of week 13. So in the Pick'em Pool, the week 13 winner, my good buddy Geo. Geo from Geo knows, as everybody knows. He won the week 13 pool. He had himself a pretty darn good week that week. Let's go back and see exactly what it was. Geo had 97 of 120 points that week, 80.8%. And Crack on COVID was the leader as of the end of week 13 with 1,094 of 1,503, 72.8%. That has, of course, changed as of now. In the Ante and Co. Pick'em Pool, Archer of Analytics won week 13, 12 of the 15 games correct in week 15 for an 80% clip obviously worth mentioning and west coast martin was still the leader at that point is still the leader now i'd be shocked if anybody caught him but it was just worth it because geo and archer of analytics deserved to get their shout out that they didn't get last week so now you got it this week and mine was the comment of the week from the week 14 episode Ladies and gentlemen, I realize how late this episode is going to be. I just want to take the opportunity to say thank you for listening, as always. Thank you for interacting, as always. I hope you enjoy the games in Week 15. I know I certainly will. We're getting ever so much closer to playoff football yet again. going to be so much fun, like it always is. It's just a different atmosphere, and with everything that everyone has gone through this year, we could use that incredible playoff atmosphere, even if the buildings aren't going to be full it's still going to be playoff football baby and it's still less than a month away can you believe that that's it for me justin bridgewater's finest on youtube blockbuster underscore guy on twitter fueled as always by the incredible folks at nerd tees even though i didn't have any nerd tees in my cup this week enjoy week 15 we will see you again for the good leagues fantasy football championship week which is week 16.